0: Imagine how it would feel to go into labor confident that it's going to be a calm and beautiful process. Hi, I'm Steph and this is the Original Design podcast. Wherever you plan to birth, this podcast can help you prepare more deeply for your labor. In each episode, you'll hear uplifting birth stories from amazing women. When they share their stories, you witness through your mirror neurons on a subconscious level that your authentic desires for birth are possible too. And it builds faith, especially when they share about their upbringing and any obstacles that they overcame along the way so by tuning into this podcast you're expanding your belief in your ability to birth and by pressing play you've already started the process of living out your original design if you enjoy this episode please take a moment to leave a review comment and share it with a friend that's struggling or could really benefit from the information you're about to hear Welcome back to the Original Design Podcast. I'm here with Laura. Laura, how are you going? I'm doing great. How are you? Really good. Really good. Um, so everyone, Laura is actually based in Ohio, America, and um, she has four kids, uh, three boys and a beautiful girl. <laughs> and Laura is going to be sharing today about her free birth with her um, her daughter. So um. Laura, how are you going? I'm doing so great. I'm so excited to like finally be able to share my story, you know, with so many people. Amazing. Oh, it's it's really exciting. Um, it sounds like yeah. you've really been on a journey for um, all four of your births. So we'll touch on each of them kind of as we go. But um, I'd love okay. to start off with... Um, Tell me a little bit about what you were believing for um, with this birth. Did you know it was, you know, going to be your – did you know it was a girl? Um, Did you know that you wanted to have a free birth from the start? Um, How did that whole thing kind of come about for you? I think for me I knew –
1: well, I knew it was a girl right away. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I, like, I – well, part of it I had really – I always have dreams before I get pregnant Mm. and um, usually a month or two in advance. And um, it always lets me know the gender. So Uh, um, I knew it was a girl. Like I had a dream of a little girl um, being birthed upstairs where I had her actually. Um, So a very prophetic, I guess, experience.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: yeah, yeah. So I knew I knew it would be a girl. Um there was a few times I doubted myself. Uh, and every time that I did, something would pop up like pink, you know, somewhere. Yeah. And I like one time I went into our car and I found this like little girl's pink belt. And I was like, why is this in our car? We have boys. And I don't know how it ended up there, but it was a day that I had been doubting myself.
0: <laughs> Whoa, that's wonderful. Did you yeah, ask-
1: so I think God just like gave me little
0: reassurances that I was right all along. <laughs> Absolutely! Wow. And so, were you? Um, did you know you wanted to have a free birth from from the moment you got pregnant, or even from before that? What, what What was that like? Um, I
1: knew. I don't know. I I can't say that it was I knew entirely it was going to be a free birth. Actually, I think at the beginning of my pregnancy, I was more leaning towards what I had done with my third birth, which was having my mother-in-law come and attend, because um, she was she's always been a traditional birth attendant. She worked for many years with the Mennonite um, uh, Amish community, and mm-hmm. we, she lives in a very rural area. Mm-hmm. So um, she had delivered, or I prefer saying, caught a lot <laughs> of babies. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, in her day, and so uh, I just kind of assumed that's what I would do. Uh, but the the deeper I got into my pregnancy, the more I realized like it just wasn't for this pregnancy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I also didn't receive routine medical care that I did with my third pregnancy. I think my third was like a testing ground for me, like. I went to a regular OB's office and I did all the things that every other person did. And then I just stayed home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but my fourth, I, I just felt really a deep sense of peace. Like I never really felt the need to go in. Um, so I
0: didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. That's so great. Uh, yeah. Just, it sounds so like it really, was really different. Mm-hmm. It was different. Yeah. It sounds like you were really led, led by, um, led by that inner knowing that I can do this and I have peace in this, in this process. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes.
1: I never really questioned it as much as I did. I can't say that. I say halfway through, I definitely question myself, like, am I crazy or do I keep following this? You know? Um, but I never... I don't know. I always kept coming back to the same, like, no, like this is what I'm supposed to do. I know this, you
0: know? Mm, So, mm. So, yeah. And and (laughs) So what kind of birth were you um, picturing, um, expecting and believing for?
1: I, I really envisioned um, birthing in the same place that I birthed my third, which is in the upstairs. I'm actually sitting right where I birthed her. I thought it would be neat to like, of sit in the same area while I talk about it. But um beautiful. Yeah, so we have a loft, a Mm. loft style um upper portion of our house and Mm. there's just these big beautiful windows. And I really envisioned from the very beginning of um birthing right in front of my my big windows um in the middle of the night. And I knew I would be like on my hands and knees and I knew I would be alone. So, um, yeah, and that's just the sense I got probably from about 20 weeks on was when those visions became really, really vivid. But uh, in my dreams before I even got pregnant, I knew I would be birthing in front of the window that I'm sitting in front of right now.
0: (laughs) But that sounds so So. magical. Oh, my goodness. I love it. it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So, what? Tell me what what led you down this path. You know, you had two hospital births, then you did the home birth, and then you had you know this this birth. What led you towards being able to trust that inner voice? Because I think often as women we have that inner voice. We hear it. It's soft, but we do hear it. But then we ignore it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, I will, know, I know, know what you mean. It's exactly. crazy. <laughs> I'm
1: like. <laughs> Why I, you know, it's so funny that you say that because I've really learned through this process, you know, to trust that inner voice more than anything else. But um, yeah, I think it takes a while for us to to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as far as you know, like my first birth, I always I've always been a strong person, and I've always had a strong drive. And um, I, I never really question. I can't say I never question myself, but I have always really had. I think that's a strength I've had mm-hmm. of not really mm-hmm. caring what others think. Um, mm-hmm. just really following that inner, inner uh, person, that inner drive that I've always had. So for me, I can't. I can't say that it was probably as hard of a journey for me as it may have been for other women. Because I've just always been very driv- driven to do what I know is right or what is right for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But what led me to this one, I think, after a lot of it does go back to my third birth. As as wonderful as it was, um, when I realized, you know, like processing it months later, um, it was a very quick birth, but it was really intense. Mm. um and when my mother-in-law showed up she was only there for the last half hour of the birth and but until that point i experienced very very little pain Mm. i wouldn't even necessarily call it pain um you know very strong sensations very intense but it wasn't i wouldn't call it painful until Mm. she showed up and um I don't know, I love her to death. She's a wonderful lady. Um, She is a lot to aspire to as far as her knowledge and experience, but I, uh, something was thrown off in me. Like I just lost all focus. Um, I mean, I was just, I don't know. Like I kept deferring to her versus myself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: because I trusted her so much, um,
0: yeah.
1: and I think that's when I started to really experience such intense pain. Mm. Um, it, was, it was by far the most painful birth that I had had, which I thought was odd when I was looking back at it, you know, because um, everything about it up until that point was really very peaceful. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, I think that's why with my fourth, I just, after some reflection on my third, um, I realized that I needed to do this without deferring to someone else. Yeah. So, because I was perfectly peaceful and fine until someone with, I guess, an authority figure showed up and then I found myself not trusting myself, you know, and feeling, pain. And, um, so that's when I decided to do it completely differently for my fourth.
0: Mm. So, wow.
1: Yeah, that's why I decided. And I know, you know, most people are like, well, wouldn't you feel more comfortable with someone there? And I can honestly say, uh, for me during this last birth, no, I was very peaceful being by myself. Mm. So, and I can't say that I'll always do that If we are blessed with more, um, I think it's individual with each pregnancy and each baby and you get that deep intuition and inner knowing, um, you'll know who's supposed to be there and who's not,
0: Mm, mm.
1: Uh, but I, I know for this last one, it was what I needed.
0: Mm. That's really beautiful. And so tell me a little bit about the actual day that you went into labor did you know that it was happening? Um, did you have familiar sensations or did it just hit you all at once? Like, how, how did it feel for you? Um, for me, so it was a, actually,
1: I think it was two days before I actually went into labor. I had been very tired the whole pregnancy. Um, it just was, you know, normally I was very full of energy with all my boys and i was just so tired with this pregnancy and all of a sudden i got this urge to clean everything mm-hmm. <laughs> about two days before i went into labor and i was like what is this <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was early too i it was my earliest um natural gestation you know to go into labor by myself i was like no no I don't know. I've never gone into labor before. You know, 39 plus two was what I had had my last two at. And I was only like 38.3 at that point. So I was like, I got another week at least. Um, <laughs> I was like, no, I'm good. So, um, but I did send, I went into like a cleaning rage. I was so mad at everything. <laughs> I'm, nothing was good like I was scrubbing down my shower and like getting all the little cracks and crevices and my husband's just looking at me like okay <laughs> <laughs> what is going on because you haven't felt the need to do any of this until now and um, I was like I don't know I keep having contractions but there may be something there may be nothing and so i sent him to his mother's house with all of our children i sent him away i was just like get out of the house everyone's messing everything up like just <laughs> i want to clean this house i want my birth space perfect and three boys under the age of 10 are destroying it faster than i can clean it so please, <laughs> please. and he was just like he knew i was kind of serious like I had I probably definitely had those crazy eyes, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I could <laughs> I could see it now. I was like,
1: get out. <laughs> so um yeah. so he took his the kids to his mother's farm, He's like an hour and a half away. And I could tell he was so nervous. He was like, Are you really gonna call me if you're actually gonna labor And I like flippantly look at him. I was like, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. he was like okay i okay and then finally like he left and um (laughs) i spent that whole day cleaning i had so much energy and then i um went to the chiropractor because i was like this put me into labor with my last one so i'm definitely going to go get adjusted so i went and just got adjusted i went to uh a church service our mass and i went to confession and i felt like i was all clean you know my house was clean my soul was clean i was good you know yeah yeah I, and so um yeah and then it went quiet everything stopped i was like what the okay i was like ready for this like let's do it and everything stopped for a day whole day no contractions, no sensations, no way, nothing for a full day. And I was like, well, that was a, like a letdown, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so my boys came home the next day and my husband was like, so what actually happened yesterday? I was like, I don't know. Everything stopped. So we're just going to chill today. So we did. We chilled for the whole day. The next day, um Was the day I actually went into labor. And at this point, I had given up all thoughts of going into labor. I thought, no, like, it's still gonna be time. And my baby shower was that Friday. So I was like, I am making it through Friday. Like, I'm not having a baby before Saturday. I'm not doing it. So <laughs> I, yeah, like, I had made it up in my mind that I just wanted to get through that baby shower.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so uh, I was like, no um and so i cleaned all day that day and my husband had this great and crazy idea that uh we should get rid of the couches downstairs in our it's like a three-level house so the very bottom basement level we have like a tv room area and he's like oh these couches are so disgusting we should get them out of here let's get rid of them the kids destroyed them and i i had been asking him to do this for quite some time But for some reason he waited until the day went into labor. So (laughs) he (laughs) called his brother over, they move all the couches out and everything's just ripped apart and a mess in the basement. And he's like, you know, could you work on this? He works night shift. So I he was leaving, going to be leaving that evening. And he was like, Well, maybe you could like clean it a little bit. The carpets need clean. Maybe you could do that tonight since you have all this cleaning energy. And I was like, I don't know. We'll see what I feel like. And um, but before uh, he left for work, it was like an hour before I was like finishing up dinner, feeding everyone, and all of a sudden, I felt like this really deep, like period, like pain. And I was like, wait, I know what that is.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and
1: I <that> was like. <laughs> You know, immediately I was like, that was different. Okay. And then I noticed it come like every five minutes, like on the dot, five minutes, five minutes while I'm eating dinner. And I'm like, and it doesn't hurt, you know, but it's there. And I'm like, okay. All right. And then I look up at my husband as he's about to leave for work. And um, <laughs> I was like, hey, so I might be calling you later. Might. I'm not saying I'm for sure in labor, but I have a good feeling that this this feels different. <laughs> and uh he kind of cocked his head to one side and he was like, Will you actually call me? And I was like, um, maybe. Are you gonna be like a hundred percent supportive? Because my husband, as supportive as he is, it still scared the crap out of him to not have his mom present. <laughs> but, you know, his mom, i I told him, you know, with the third birth, like even though I was you know, glad she served us so well and everything, like I really felt that, you know she was there. He needed her more than I did, I should say, yeah, yeah um, mm-hmm. so it was security for him. It's his mother, and he loves his mother, and he trusts her. So it's very comforting to have her there. So he was not real sure about this idea of not having anyone there Mm. Um, so but he also very much knew of me uh, a a few different disagreements we had had along during the pregnancy that if he decided to call you know the paramedics or anyone that he would be locked outside with them so (laughs) I was like I'm the only one that gets to make that call sorry babe. Uh, <laughs> if i say call them it's an emergency if i don't say call them you don't call them <laughs>
0: mm.
1: but yeah um so I, I guess we have a very interesting dialogue going the whole pregnancy we're both very strong-willed but um he knew i think he knew at that moment that i was absolutely dead serious that i probably wouldn't call him if i didn't think he was gonna be 100 percent supportive so he agreed to as he's walking out the door And um, (laughs) I was like, okay. So he's walking out the door. I clean up dinner. I'm still feeling him every five minutes. And I'm starting to think, okay, like, okay, this has been like two hours now, every five minutes. I'm still functioning perfectly fine. Like, nothing is really, you know, slowing me down or anything. Um, And I was like, well, okay, I'm going to go take a bath uh just like i did with my third because i feel like taking a bath really if it's real labor it'll still continue you know if it's not you know it will usually dissipate with a a warm bath with like lavender and essence salt you'll just relax into into it and if it stops then it stops you know it's not the real thing so i was like i'm going to test it out like that again so i gave my 10-year-old, this ginormous bowl of popcorn, and (laughs) I sent him downstairs, they were watching movies, and I went to take a bath, and I told him that, like, um, you know, I thought maybe we would be having a baby that night, and he was like, I don't believe you, no, and I was just, well, it's kind of up to me to decide that, so here's popcorn, you can watch kids while I go take a bath. And I did. And while I was in there, I also have a ritual of um, always having. <laughs> sounds terrible, but I always have a margarita when I go into labor. <laughs> That's great. Um, heard of that? I do. I you know. I think it's really relaxing. And I put like a ton of fruit in it. Um, it's just. It gives you some energy. It's really relaxing. And you know, I've never understood why it's so taboo to have like one drink when uh going into labor when you go in the hospital and you can get any kind of pain medication you want so i've never quite understood that so that's been always my ritual for at home i make this huge this tons of fruit and i go take a bath and so i did and i was just laying there in the bathtub i remember talking to her and i was just like you know you can come if you're ready to if you're not that's okay too um you know i you you choose what is best for you and um just really coming into that acceptance of being in labor or not being in labor like being open to either possibility you know um and i think you know that's everything slowed down i actually all my sensations completely stopped for probably a half hour while I laid there just talking to her and um, you know, I I think I sang a little song to her and just really relaxed into the idea of, you know, opening up to a new life. Um, And so then I decided I was like, okay, the water's getting cold. So I got out. I was super relaxed I went downstairs to check on my kids. At this point, it was like probably nine thirty, maybe ten o'clock at night, um, and you know, I wasn't feeling any sensation. So I thought, well, maybe it wasn't. I went downstairs to check on my kids, and uh, they were all asleep in this big pile of blankets with popcorn, like all over the room. And I was just thought. Whatever, I'm gonna leave them there. And as soon as I started walking back up the stairs, all of a sudden, one hit me so strong, it about knocked me off my feet. And I was like, "Okay, well, I guess this is this is the real deal." Um, and I went to the kitchen and got a large was of water. And another one really strongly came on. Um, maybe only two minutes later. And I remember grabbing onto like the oven door and just really squatting into it, mm, mm-hmm. I was thinking, "Okay, all right, well, I need to get into my space. Like, I I can't handle this outside of my space." Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I went up, you know, I went upstairs mm-hmm. and I started lighting all my candles, and um, I chose to light. Um, all the candles with my son's my third my first home birth my third child's uh, baptismal candle because i felt so strongly you know that i was again birthing in the same room you know and i just Mm -hmm. felt such a strong connection to uh you know his little soul in that and um oh that was part of it i forgot to say before they all went downstairs to watch a movie my two-year-old i remember him putting his hand on my belly and asking me you know we had decided her name would be alice and he looked up at me and he goes alice tonight and it was just like <laughs> he knew he knew mm-hmm. even before i was 100 sure um so I, they have a really sp- special connection to this day but um yeah i felt really drawn to his his little spirit and so i took his baptismal candle and i lit all the candles in um, our, you know, in my birthing space and I just really started to relax into it. I started uh, meditating and praying a lot. Um, The home that we live in is actually my um, husband's grandfather's uh, home. And um, I just felt such a strong connection to ask for his help Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I was in their house so i i uh, remember saying a prayer and being like you know, grandpa horn grandma horn like this is your house this is your home and you know i've birthed in it once before but you could just really um, help me tonight like i know you're praying for me so i really asked for their help and um i asked for like my guardian angel and her guardian angel i asked for their help and um I really started to sink into like a deep meditative space um, mm-hmm. and I can't say that I really felt like it was painful um, it was just very strong at that point um, and I knew for sure I should probably call and tell my husband that I was actually in labor <laughs> <laughs> So I um, I kind of snapped myself out of it and I gave him a quick call and I was like, hey, he's like, hey, how are you? What's going on? You know, and uh, I was like, yeah, so I'm definitely in labor. Um, I don't know how long it's going to be. It could be an hour. It could be five hours. I don't really know. You know, each birth is different. Um, So he was like, well, you know, call me back when you want me to come home. I was like, okay, sounds good. Um, So I hung up the phone and I kind of drifted back into that space of, really, it was quite blissful. Like it was so peaceful. Um, Even though I had very strong uh, sensations, it was peaceful. I never once felt the need to, I don't know, like, I I never felt alone, even though I was alone. I never felt any sense of panic. Or, you know, I think most women ask me, like, how did you do that? Like, weren't you freaking out? And I honestly can say it was the most pe- peaceful experience of my life, just that complete surrender and knowing that Um, I was being fully taken care of, you know, Um, and just trusting in uh, God. And I remember um, at one point, this song came back to me that I hadn't sang um, since I was probably in high school. I I don't know if any of the listeners know it, but it's, you know, created me a clean heart. Oh, God, renew a right spirit within me. Or, you know, and um, I remember just singing that. And. I just at that moment, I can say I was completely at peace with whatever was going to happen. So um, and also during this experience, I felt very close in my whole pregnancy to um, my blessed mother. Um, And I think a lot of that, the whole pregnancy, what I learned a lot was just was it was really healing because my mother and I, we don't talk. And we have absolutely no relationship and never have. And I think the idea of having a daughter to me scared me to death Mm. Um, because I, it was just something I had never experienced. And I didn't want to have that broken relationship that I did with my mother. Like I was so fearful of that really. And I Mm -hmm. think that was my biggest fear through this pregnancy was that I was going to continue this generational um almost a curse because my my uh mom doesn't talk to her mom either so whoa Mm. yeah yeah there's a generational pattern that's been going on for some time and i think it was just really important for me to get to know um jesus and you know his mother. And she was a very big inspiration to me as well, because I think most people don't really think about the story of Mary, but she birthed in a barn by herself. I know. I'm I'm looking (laughs) at this as well. (laughs) I I drop that one on people all the time, and they just look at me like, what? I never even thought about it. I was like, (laughs) if Jesus was born in a barn, I'm pretty sure I can do this, you know? (laughs) (laughs) it was good enough for him (laughs) and um it just it always grabs people's attention because yeah we are very strong practicing catholics and most of the people in our circle are so you know mary's kind of a big figure in our faith and just that catches them so off guard when you're like actually you know mary you know, our blessed mother, she she had Jesus in a barn. So I think she's going to be with me on this one. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and they just don't know what to say. Um, yeah, it's just like deer in the headlights look. Like, what? Um, That's so much fun. I love that. It is really fun. It's fun for me. I don't know if it's fun for the people I'm saying it to. But it's fun for me to say to them. So, yeah. Um, really cool. But yeah, I felt really close to her. And I think a lot of it was just getting to know her and um, trusting her. Uh, I think she, I always say she was my midwife because I trusted that she would take care of me knowing that she had done the very same thing. Um, So I was like, you know, and I just really, I remember asking a lot for her in a session and being like, you know, I have all this brokenness in my family line with the, you know, the mothers in my family line are broken and um, I don't wanna pass that to my daughter. So while I was in this like deep blissful meditative state, um, I heard very clearly a voice and i very much believe it was her. It was a feminine sounding voice. I very clearly heard, you are not broken and neither will she be. And I was just like, okay, you know, like I knew for sure at that moment, like I was well taken care of, nothing was going to go wrong. She was taking care of me. She was taking care of my daughter. She was healing these generational bonds that had been passing on through my family from one traumatic birth to the next, to the next. Um, Yeah, so one generational Problem after another, and traumatic birth after another. Um, yeah. No one in my family had had a peaceful birth. Wow. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and my mother really feared it, and my grandma really feared it. And even though they both worked in obstetrics, um, which I think might have actually contributed to that, um, seeing uh, things go wrong in a medical setting, um,
0: mm-hmm. they
1: didn't trust. It. So for me, I was carrying all of this and um through this pregnancy and i do believe you know that is a lot of what i was taught and in this birth as well to just trust god and trust him with everything and um knowing that you know my future isn't written by my mother's past mm-hmm. or you know or my grandmother's past like my story and my daughter's story don't have to be that um even though I had that fear. Mm. Um, And so I just surrendered to it. And I heard those words and it'll echo in me forever. You know, you are Mm. not broken. Mm. And I was like, whoa, okay. So yeah, if I can't even explain how beautiful it was to hear those words. Mm. And then I was just sitting there in it in complete surrender and just, Oh my gosh. There are some times I just wish I could go back to that moment. If I could sit in that moment forever, it would be heaven. Just having that peace. Um mm-hmm. and so I after that I just kind of hung out for a while. I was swaying back and forth, just really meditating on that thought. And um then all of a sudden I heard myself make like a really high-pitched sound out of my mouth and i knew at that point that oh this is transition <laughs> yeah yeah but i was just like oh okay like you're getting really close at this point and so i thought to myself i should probably call my husband home <laughs> <laughs> so, um i kind of pulled myself out of that state of mind um and I called him and I said, hey, babe, like, I'm really close. You need to come home. <laughs> and at this point, it was probably only 1130 at night. So all of this had happened in an hour, even though it felt much longer because of the state I was in. Mm. It had only been an hour. Wow. Um, Yeah, it was really crazy. I remember looking at the clock thinking, oh, it's got to be like at least one o'clock in the morning. And it wasn't. It was only 1130. <laughs> but I had no sense. Th- whatsoever and um, so I called him home and um, he was like okay I'll be there he got home by midnight and right before he got home my two-year-old woke up and I heard him screaming downstairs like screaming bloody murder he didn't know where I was or his dad was couldn't find us and since he had fallen asleep downstairs you know he wasn't in his bed Mm. um so he was just kind of disoriented and you know looking for mom yeah (laughs) and I'm in transition I can't focus on anything um I couldn't even walk down the steps to go get him and uh so I'm sitting at the bottom I'm sitting up kind of at the top of my steps going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what do I do? Um, he can't find me. I yelled at him a couple times, but he, it was like he didn't hear me. And so I just started praying. I was like, Jesus, please, like you have either got to bring, my 10 year old needs to wake up and take care of him or my husband needs to be home like right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling a lot of pain at that point because I had been pulled out of that state again um yeah and i i was just i can't do this that was probably the only time i thought i can't do this was because i thought i can't get downstairs to him (laughs) yeah Um, (laughs) walk down there and so um i asked for anthony i named him after saint anthony um because he was the saint i felt really close to in his pregnancy that was a whole nother story but um I remember asking for prayers from St. Anthony. I was like, you got to take care of Anthony because I can't do it. And right then, my husband, I heard the, bo- the door open at the bottom of my steps. And I thought at first it was my 10-year-old bringing Anthony to me. And um, I was like, no, 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 don't bring him up here right now. Like, I can't, I can't take care of him right now. And um, it was my husband. I was like, I'm having a baby. And my husband runs to the top of the steps. And he's like, what? Are we doing this right now? And I was like, no, <laughs> not right now. I thought it was Freddie, you know, my oldest 10-year-old. I was like, no, it'll be fine. He's like, how are we doing this? What are we doing? What are we doing? He's like looking for a game plan. And I'm like, I'm having a baby. Like, it's going <laughs> to be fine. Um, he's like, what are we doing? Are we doing this sitting, standing, squatting? How are we doing it?" And I was just like, it's not actually right this second. Okay, so what I need from you right now is to go take care of Anthony because his screaming is making this really hard for me to focus in this space, you know. Um, And he's still like going on about plans. And I'm like, just (laughs) take care of the two-year-old. (laughs) Uh, I'm good I'm good he's like do you have everything like do you have cord cutters like are they sterilized like which is funny because at this point in time he had not really like asked a whole lot of questions about my plans and then all of a sudden during labor he had all these questions and I was just like all right this is not the time for questions I have it under control (laughs) please just go take care of Anthony And um, so it was kind of comical. Finally, he got the picture. Like, I really just wanted him to take care of Anthony. Um, So I sent him back downstairs. He's like, oh, okay. well, I guess I'll be, like, downstairs. And I guess, like, yell if you need me. (laughs) And I like, okay. And um, so he goes back downstairs. He gets the two-year-old calmed down and um, back to sleep. And so he comes up probably a half hour later. So it's like 1230 at this point, I think, about. Um, and right before this, um, my water broke. I remember standing up and um, actually, I did check myself. Some people are very anti-checking themselves during labor. But um, for me, I just instinctively did it. I remember reaching up just trying to feel like where she was like how close am i actually to birthing this baby was kind of what i was gauging i guess mm-hmm. and it was just instinctual. i don't really know i mean i had really no thought process behind it i just remember wanting to feel where she was yeah um and so i knew i was super close like her head was right there and at that moment when i Uh, check myself. I think I accidentally broke my water. Um, It wasn't intentional. It wasn't like I tried to, but when I touched it, it did break. Um, And so that happened like right right before he came upstairs. And um, so he runs upstairs. I tell him, you know, my water's broken. And now he's really like, okay, we're having this baby. What do I need to do? And I was just like, just chill you know it's good um so at that point though my contractions kind of really slowed down um and it was kind of weird because i never experienced that in my other births usually when my water would break all of a sudden everything would get really intense and i would have a baby like right away mm-hmm. and it wasn't that way this time um everything stopped like no pain no sensations Nothing. And I thought, okay, well, um, I guess I'm just gonna rest, you know, like she needs to rest. That's obviously what she's telling me. So that's what we're gonna do. And my husband kind of looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> and I was like, you know, it you know, everything stopped. So we're just gonna sit here for a little bit. And I just remember sitting on the ground for a while. Um, just very peaceful and my husband and I just chatting away. Um, I don't even fully remember what all we talked about, but he, I think, was trying to gauge how soon I was having this baby. Um, And so after probably like 15, 20 minutes, the sensations kind of started again. and they weren't even really painful. But I felt a lot of pressure in my back. So I knew we were getting really, really close. And my husband put some counter pressure on my back. He just instinctively jumped in to do that, which was amazing um, that he had that instinct. He already knew where I was experiencing it, which I hadn't had experienced with my others. Mm. So um, it it was just amazing that we had that connection that we hadn't had in our other births um and so he was helping me with that and then finally i would i would say so she was born at 107 so that probably happened for like 10 minutes where he was helping me out with that and um i remember like turning over and sitting he went back downstairs at that point because our two-year-old had woken up again (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's screaming. and he was like wanting to stay up here with me and i um was like no 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 go take care of him i i can't focus you know at all if he's screaming so he ran back downstairs and he woke up our 10 year old and was like hey mom's about ready to have a baby you need to just just hold him for a little bit just even if he falls back asleep that's fine but he needs to sleep next to you so He ran back upstairs, and at that point, I could feel that I was expanding, you know? Mm
0: -hmm. Just
1: so much expansion going on. (laughs) I mean, pressure. I knew I was right there. And I looked up at him, and I was just like, it's time, you know? Mm -hmm. And right at that point, I, uh, I rolled over onto my knees, my hands and knees, and I noticed that I was bleeding before the birth, which I had not experienced in my other births. And I thought that was very odd. And inside my head, I heard this voice that was like, you you need to push her out now. You need to get her out now. And I immediately, I had uh, the thought. I was like, oh, my placenta is detaching too quickly. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know why I thought that, uh, but it was a very clear voice in my head that said you need to get her out Um, which i never experienced again in any of my other births and
0: Mm -hmm. it wasn't
1: like a but it was like a clear thought that i knew what was happening and i knew what i needed to do um so i had actually never pushed in any of my other births i had always waited yeah for um, the fetal ejection reflex to take over and mm-hmm. even though I really didn't want to give a conscious push, I decided to follow my instinct and give one push. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I did. And it, I gave one tiny little push, and it was all I needed. She came, everything took over within like probably one more contraction after that. She was out. And um, she was pink. She was crying. She's so beautiful. And I just remember just being so connected to her Mm -hmm. looking at her little face and just i can't explain the connection it was beyond anything i'd ever experienced with any of my other births. especially i think just having a daughter and knowing like that she would someday experience birth most likely if she chooses you know and to know that this was the greatest first gift that I could ever give her to be born in peace and mm. um, to be born without that generational trauma
0: that mm.
1: my mom had and her mom had and who knows how far back had you know yeah and that she won't carry that with her through her life and her her um, you know traveling into becoming a woman and hopefully being a mother like she won't carry that generational trauma so Mm -hmm. it was just i never felt more connected to a soul um Mm -hmm. she opened her eyes i just i remember crying her name out like Alice. you know you're here you're so beautiful and at that point i hadn't even checked to make sure that it was a girl i just knew (laughs) and um (laughs) so um my husband he was talking to her as well like alice alice like we both knew and um she turned her little head and looked at him and um you know she was opening her eyes just looking at him and we were all just crying and holding her and my husband freaked out for a second because um she was covered in a lot of vernix and none of our other babies had vernix so he thought she was white (laughs) like not (laughs) enough oxygen in her body and he's like she's white i was like no she's not she's perfectly pink it's just a lot of vernix all over her and i'm rubbing her down and he takes a deep sigh you know like (laughs) oh okay it's (laughs) good but he was yeah he definitely freaked out for a second you know he's telling me he's like tip her over tip her over she you know gotta get that stuff i'm like like she's okay you know (laughs) i just remember being at complete peace knowing that she was 100 healthy
0: and beautiful
1: and perfect and um then i remember looking down and being like oh i should probably check to see if it is actually a girl and it was and i remember crying (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I told my husband, I was like, oh, look, it's a little vagina. And he was like, that's kind of a weird thing to say, babe. And I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's a girl, you know. Um, and it was beautiful. My um placenta, like I had said, I felt was detaching very quickly. Um, and I was right in that. Like as soon as she was born, maybe a minute, two later, it just plopped right out. Yeah. Um, so I, when that happened, I thought to myself, like, my instincts were one hundred percent on. Absolutely. One hundred percent. Um. So, and I'm really grateful that I was able to tune into that because I don't know if another person had been here, that I would have heard very clearly the, you know, that inner voice that I needed to give her a push to get her out Mm -hmm. Um, and I you know I I just don't know if that would have happened and I don't know how that would have turned out in a different setting or with people or you know um, you just don't know so I'm very grateful I think that birth was exactly what she needed um, and exactly what I needed to really heal as a, a woman and to go forward Knowing that that inner voice is 100% spot on all the time. Don't question it, especially when it comes to your mothering, um, because no one knows your children like you do. No one has that connection. No one else carried them inside. You know their wounds. You did, and um, so a lot of times I see. You know it's very common online in different moms groups you know, asking for advice on this, 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 and this. And I've seen, you know, a lot of serial questions, you know, the same person asking for every little thing. And I think the one thing I wish most women could know is just to tune into that, because I think we do know as mothers, what our children need, mm-hmm. um, more than any other person could tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I think that's why for me, I tend to stay away from um, like the medical establishments because I do so strongly believe that mothers, we know, we know what when there's something wrong with our children and we typically have a good idea of what it is and how mm. to treat it if we really tap into it. Mm. Um, so, and, and there's nothing wrong with seeking, you know, advice or help, if you really, really feel like you don't know, but I think it's, it's, a, it's something that we have to go back to in our roots. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's always been there, and we just have gotten lost along the way, and mm-hmm. we really have to go back to
0: that place. Mm-hmm. Um, and where would you where would you recommend for women to start? You know, if they if they're they want to actually, you know, trust that inner knowing, they believe that it's possible for them to birth really naturally. You know, like where where would you tell them to start?
1: Honestly, um, I would tell them to start by, ex. You know, I think it starts really pregnancy um, welcoming welcoming that soul in Mm -hmm. um, because once you've already made that gesture to another soul like you're welcoming them and you're comfortable with the even thought of allowing another soul into your life um, Mm -hmm. then it becomes much easier to trust that life that's within you um, and that you have this deeper connection um, I guess some people call it conscious conception I would say definitely that's what I have experienced with um, my last two um, and just if you can do that beforehand to be open to that and say you know it, it's time you can come um, I never really had trouble trusting that it would be okay but I would say a lot of meditation a mm-hmm. lot of a lot of deep reflection. And I would say the best thing I did was just stop listening to other people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a hard thing to do because we as women, we want to appear like we have it all together and we want to fit the social norms. And um, it's just how we are, how our society has kind of formed us to be, uh, to really care. About you know what we look like and uh, what we sound like to others. Do we fit all the normal things? Like we're always trying so hard to fit into those norms. And
0: mm-hmm. so I true. Think,
1: I think the biggest thing we can do is to just be okay with not fitting in those norms. And the only way we can be okay with that is if we sometimes stop listening. So I suggest getting off social media, (laughs) getting off of if there's a person in your life that has a lot of fear about pregnancy and birth, um, maybe just take a little break from that relationship. I'm not saying you have to be rude to them, um, but making that space and being very intentional about it uh, Mm. to not... People into your pregnancy. You don't Mm. owe them anything. Um, You don't owe them your plans, your details, your due date. Uh, You don't, you know, you you really don't owe owe anyone anything. Um, I don't care if it's your mother or um, your mother in law or your best friend. If they're caring, you don't know what they carry. You don't know how they were born. You don't know their birth stories. And people carry energy with them. They carry trauma with them. And um, if you allow that in your life, uh, I think it's really hard to tune into what's actually happening inside Mm -hmm. of you.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So that
1: would be my biggest piece of advice to people to just, really relax into themselves and tune out of everyone else's stories because everyone else's story is not your story.
0: That's so well said. That's perfect, I love that. Thank you. Oh my goodness. There's so many gems in this. I'm just so excited to share this. <laughs> so
1: glad I could help. I, oh, I just, man. I'm so in love with women. I think that that's the other thing I've learned over this last pregnant like pregnancy you know how amazing we actually are if we can just tap into that and I have so much more respect and honor for women um, I'm amazed by them like mm. I love the sisterhood you know
0: mm. <laughs> come on oh it's all about the sisterhood let's do this it is about
1: the sisterhood. yes it so is and yes. I feel like after I experienced what I did like it's my honor and my privilege to uh and, and duty really to help other women find that same peace and inner knowing and mm. um it's just I feel it like it's such a miracle. Like God gave me this gift and mm. it's the least I can do to give it to others to help them find it as well. If that makes sense.
0: Absolutely. You're just acting as a guide. And I love that.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes, absolutely. That's so, so cute. Um, I I actually have to jump off soon because I have to feed my newborn little boy. Oh. Congratulations. Yes. Thank, Thank you. you. oh my goodness how exciting how old is he He, he's so beautiful he's um he's uh i think he's just over a month now
1: oh my goodness so you just went through all of this he is gorgeous. so beautiful so yeah you you were just through this it's almost been a year since i've had my little girl she was born on the 22nd so
0: Mm, wow
1: I'm in this phase right now of really remembering everything. Yes. uh, Yes. Yeah,
0: Yeah, that happened to me as well. Oh, my goodness. I remember um, reading a poem. My daughter, uh, my first daughter, um, when she turned one, um, she was sleeping. And I remember just laying there next to the bed looking at her face and crying and reading her a poem that I wrote her before she was born and just like. Just being in awe of like wow we've done this for a whole year now so that one I year know. that one year mark it's so sacred yeah it is I know I'm totally
1: gonna cry on her birthday there's no way I'm not <laughs> going to go. yeah. I know I'll probably be like up here laying in my spot and being like remembering everything yeah. and, you know yeah just like you said, it's just so just so many emotions um, absolutely and especially <laughs> Girl, you know, I just feel so connected to her. It's amazing. Mm. Uh,
0: It's a different connection.
1: I love my son, but it is a different connection to have that sisterhood, like we were talking about. You know.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I love it. That's so beautiful. Um. Well, we might. I might just jump straight to those last few quick fire questions that I ask all of our guests. Um, is there any item that you got given or bought that was around a hundred dollars or less that you really loved?
1: I know everyone else said this, but the carrier yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> it is the best thing I have ever bought.
0: It's so I true. love it I, I have think.
1: I have an ergo 360 carrier and yeah I literally I don't know if there's a day that's gone by that I haven't used it. Yeah, I completely um, agree.
0: James is literally wearing River right now in it. Yeah,
1: yeah. There's there's nothing more useful, nothing you will better spend your money on, than an Ergo
0: or, or whatever you like. But I prefer Ergo. I agree. Ergo, um, we've got Ergo as well. You. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, done. Done and dusted. So good. Um, what would you um, what advice would you give for the first few weeks postpartum? So for for new mothers. Um,
1: I would say make your expectations very clear Mm -hmm. what you need because I think the biggest problem postpartum is most women are, you know, everyone comes the first week or two and they say hello and then you don't hear from anyone ever again. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I think really making it clear what's important to you. Like one of the things that I did um, was tell everyone that I wanted meals, not gifts, Mm. Um, because I feel like it's very easy to, you know, shop on Amazon and buy all the baby clothes you need, (laughs) but it's not easy to get downstairs and fix a meal for a family of five, six, you know, or Mm. even just yourself. It's very difficult
0: uh, Mm -hmm. when you're
1: trying to rest and um, and if you don't rest it just takes so much longer to heal
0: yeah Um, yeah
1: so make it very clear your intentions what are what is important to you for me that was meals um Mm. so whatever that is make it very vocal very clear so people cannot be mistaken on what you need
0: i love that absolutely that's really great advice (laughs) really practical Um, and last one um, message on a billboard Um, if you had a billboard and you all all the pregnant women all the sisterhood go past the billboard what does the billboard say
1: I think for me the one quote that stood out to me so much um, was actually by amazing Female uh, warrior, Saint Joan of Arc, and it says, "I am mm. not afraid. I was born to do this."
0: Whoa, whoa! And
1: that was my quote for this pregnancy. Um, I felt very strongly pulled to her. She was such an amazing, like warrior spirit mm. uh, for a female, and mm. um, yeah, I am not afraid. I was born to this, to do this. Um, mm. All women are born to do this. Mm. We are created from the you know we were carried as little eggs in our grandmother's wombs with the intention that we would do the same thing
0: Mm.
1: Uh, so i i think it's deep in our blood and in our roots and we were born to do this
0: Mm. that's so perfect Oh, well, thank you so much, Laura, just for joining us all the way from Ohio. It has been amazing. I love the quote that you have on your Instagram, bringing to light the sacredness of life. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah. I just absolutely love that. And um, just all of all of the heart and soul that you have um, shared today, it's just it is so rich. And I just believe that if any woman can hear this, they can just – absolutely learn to trust the birth process you know just through hearing your story and how you've walked the path before them so thank you thank you so much is there any last Um, things that you wanted to share
1: um you know i i don't really know just just trust yourself and trust you know that inner inner voice that that is my absolute Mm. thing that i find more than anything and if That's that it. is just the one thing i would say over and over to every single woman i meet.
0: Mm. absolutely well thank you so much laura i really really yeah. appreciate your time i am
1: so glad to be able to come on and talk to you thank you for hearing my story